This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, and welcome back to the Elon Musk podcast, where we cover Tesla, SpaceX, Twitter, Neuralink, boring company and everything else Elon Musk. So please take a second, hit the subscribe button so you can get daily updates about everything Elon Musk on your podcast player of choice. Elon Musk, the billionaire entrepreneur behind SpaceX and Tesla is poised to reclaim the title of the world's richest person after a surge in Tesla's stock price. Musk has earned $45 billion this year. And on Thursday, Tesla's shares rose for the eighth consecutive day putting Musk within touching distance of overtaking French luxury magnate Bernard Arnault. In December, Arnault surpassed Musk as the world's richest person when investors lost confidence in Tesla and grew concerned about Musk's focus on Twitter, which he acquired for $44 billion in October of last year. However, Tesla's shares have rallied in recent weeks and have almost doubled since the beginning of the year, reversing most of the 65% drop they suffered in 2022. And on Thursday, the shares climbed by almost 5%, putting Musk's net worth at over $185 billion, compared to Arnaud's $187 billion. And the rise in Tesla share price comes after the company unveiled better-than-expected quarterly results last month, and other high-growth stocks have also jumped due to the prospect of lower-than-expected interest rates. Despite selling off billions of dollars to finance his acquisition of Twitter, Musk remains Tesla's largest shareholder and is pledged not to sell his shares for approximately two more years. In addition to Tesla's recent success, Musk also announced this week that he will soon present the third version of Tesla's master plan, which will outline the path to a fully sustainable energy future for Earth. Previous versions of the plan have focused on taking electric cars mainstream, autonomous technology, and home energy storage. The company has also cut vehicle prices while it plans to start manufacturing its long-awaited Cybertruck by the end of the year. Tesla's rising stock price suggests that investors had shrugged off concerns about Musk's management of Twitter, which had been seen as a distraction in the social network, experiencing hours of glitches earlier this week as it attempted to introduce new features. But Musk's 13% stake in Tesla is the largest source of his wealth which is also made up of shares in SpaceX and Twitter. He recently claimed that Twitter was on a course to profitability after cutting thousands of staff last year, saying that he had to save Twitter from bankruptcy. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SpaceX's Starship Super Heavy Booster 7 conducted a pre-flight test, a static fire test of 31 of the 33 Raptor engines recently, and the hot fire demo started at about 4.14 p.m. and lasted for about 10 seconds. It's considered a full-duration test of these engines. Musk pointed out, in a tweet that the team turned off one of the engines prior to the mass ignition and one engine stopped itself, that only 31 engines fired out of the 33, Elon said, but still enough engines to reach orbit. So this is a success on SpaceX's part because they didn't know exactly what was going to be happening during the static fire test. They knew everything down to what was going to happen to the engines, how they were going to fire it, how everything was going to work up until the engines actually static fired. But after that, they had some calculations that they ran. They figured it would work right, but you never know with rocketry. It's literally the hardest engineering task on the face of the Earth. And the next step for this rocket, possibly orbit. SpaceX didn't disclose much information beyond what's going to be happening after the static fire of the 33 engines, of the Raptor 2 engines. But we're assuming... If everything went right, the next step for Booster 7 is to stack the Starship on top of it. This is the physical stuff that's happening. Stack the Starship ship on top of it that's about 160 feet tall, meaning that the whole stacked ship will be about 400 plus feet tall altogether, and they're going to be doing an orbital flight test in March or April. Now, what happens between now and March or April? Well, they have a deluge system at Starbase. It just came in from Florida, and they're building it out as we speak. Night and day, 24-7. This static fire only lasted 10 minutes, but they're doing cleanup for the next few hours afterwards. In the next few days, they're making sure that all the data points have been reached and have been sent out to the appropriate committees. Well, it may be NASA, and it is most positively the FAA, because the FAA will comb through this data and make sure that SpaceX is going to have a safe and reliable flight when they do the orbital flight test. Doesn't seem to be a problem with the FAA. Doesn't seem to be a problem with any of these Raptor engines, so it seems like the FAA is probably going to push this thing straight through. Now, if you think about it, the Raptors have about 51 or 510,000 pounds of thrust each. The whole rocket... 15.8 million pounds of thrust in the SLS rocket, the Space Launch System, NASA's most powerful rocket only has 8.8 .8 million pounds of thrust on liftoff. So SpaceX's Starship is about double that. And there's a series of clamps and restraints that held this rocket down during the Starship's static fire test. Now, SpaceX has been known to do crazy things at Starbase. They've launched Starships into a suborbital flight and landed them and also exploded them when they landed. 
But now they're going a little bit more cautious. We have Gwen Shotwell, who's the COO of SpaceX. She's also the president of SpaceX, said she didn't expect the pad to have the same issues that they had with the 14-engine static fire test because the company performed some work on the pad, and she didn't really tell exactly what that was. But she, from things that we've seen, they've added new reinforced concrete to the pad. And from what we saw from the videos, from numerous sources, the blast from behind the launch mount shows that there was about a there was a huge mass of smoke that billowed out of this thing. And it didn't blow up the launch pad, though. And that's a success because every static fire before this, the 11-engine static fire and the 14-engine static fire ripped that thing to shreds. And there was concrete flying for miles from that pad all around Starbase and all around the Boca Chica area because it's so powerful. These rockets are so powerful that it would basically ignite the, uh, the concrete and blast it up into the air. Numerous birds. There was a huge flock of birds in front of this booster right before they blasted it. In the environmental study that was happening last year, they put a precaution in there saying we can't control wildlife. They do their own thing. And this is not going to be a stopper for SpaceX in the future. And locally, some people had to leave their homes. There's an overpressure notice that's handed out to the people of Boca Chica Village. And during this static fire test, everybody has to leave the area. And if it's a long duration test, if there's if they're going to be a couple days, they'll put them up in a hotel. But this didn't happen to be a long test. It was only 10 seconds. And at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, everything was good to go after a 10-second static fire test. So the FAA, everything looks good. The locals, everything looks good. Everyone's back in their homes. And now we just have to wait for the FAA to approve SpaceX for the orbital flight test of the Starship. Now, when I was talking about this earlier, the, the gigantic smoke cloud that happened during this static fire test, gigantic exhaust, it dissipated pretty easily into the Texas sky. And this is a methane, you know, it's methane fuel in this. There's some carbon dioxide and water vapor, and these are the byproducts of that. And there is more water vapor than there is methane in the air from these things. So it didn't really damage anything in the environment. So this is a partial test, though. This isn't a full test of all 33 Raptor engines. So we're not exactly sure what the environmental impact will be or if it will affect any of the clouds nearby or any of the wildlife nearby with any of this uh, carbon dioxide and water vapor. But the area is wide open. So I believe it's going to dissipate more than in, a, in an enclosed area. So we'll see what happens with the first environmental checks after this with the FAA, if they approve them. Then SpaceX should, in theory, be able to launch this Starship in the next few months. And this is a massive, massive deal because this is literally the most powerful rocket that will ever be built. Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos' company, is building something similar, but not quite as big, not quite as powerful. SpaceX, fully reusable. Blue Origin kind of wants to make it fully reusable. They're on that path, but they haven't shown anything to the public that shows that they're on the right path to make it fully reusable. 
Now, SpaceX's COO, Gwen Shotwell, said something interesting the other day at a conference. She said, before they fly people, they want to have 100, 200 plus of these launches, of these test launches, before they put people in the Starship. So they're going to ramp up production of these Starships, and they can only do five of these launches per year in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. I may be a little bit off there, but I must—I think there's five to 15 launches per year. I'll have to get back to you on that one. So if they need to do hundreds of launches, if they can prove that they can do five successful launches per year, 10 successful launches per year, they may move the production and everything else over to Kennedy Space Center in Florida, where they could have a, a faster cadence, a faster turnaround for these ships. And once they start catching these on the robotic, gigantic Mechazilla arms on the launch tower, it's going to be a turnaround time of hours, not days. And they'll be able to launch numerous rockets per day if they have flight clearance. Because they could possibly have the, the Kennedy Space Center for the whole day. They could sanction off for a 24-hour period to have Kennedy Space Center reserved for launches of the rocket. And that's usually how it goes. If there's a Falcon 9 rocket launching from Kennedy Space Center, more than likely, it's the only rocket launching that day. So if they have numerous rockets, they could possibly work with NASA and work with the FAA to get numerous flights per day. And if that's going to happen, they're going to get to 100 flights relatively quickly. And Artemis 3... That's going to be the first time that people go back to the moon since the Apollo program. SpaceX has to be ready, so they're going to do hundreds of flights before that. And in a few years, Artemis 2 will be going around the moon and coming back with people inside. And SpaceX, by that time, should have had at least 50 to 100 flights and get ready. Because when people get inside of the Starship and start orbiting the Earth, it's going to be a amazing, amazing change in spaceflight. Twitter is reportedly making millions of dollars from just a small number of its most notorious users, according to a recent study by the Center for Countering Digital Hate, the CCDH. The report estimates that the social media giant could generate up to $19 million in annual advertising revenue from just 10 accounts that were previously banned from the platform for promoting hateful content and dangerous conspiracies. The study analyzed the engagement of these 10 accounts, which include prominent figures associated with the extremism and conspiracy theory groups, such as Andrew Tate, Andrew Anglin, Robert Malone, and the Gateway Pundit. Over a 40-day period in December and January, the CCDH analyzed nearly 10,000 tweets from these accounts and found that they received a combined total of 54 million impressions on an average day. Projecting this average across a year, the accounts could potentially reach nearly 20 billion impressions. To determine the ad revenue these impressions might generate for Twitter, the CCDH created three new Twitter accounts that followed only the 10 users named in the report. The authors found that the ads appeared about once every 6.7 tweets, and using data from analyst firm Brandwatch, estimated that Twitter ads cost an average of $6.46 per 1,000 impressions. Based on this information, the CCDH calculated that the 10 accounts 
could generate up to $19 million in annual ad revenue. And the report highlights the value that a small number of highly polarizing accounts can have for a platform like Twitter. It also sheds light on the potential profits Twitter can make by reinstating even more controversial users, as the company has recently announced plans to allow previously banned users to appeal their suspensions. However, Twitter's advertising business has suffered majorly since the takeover by Elon Musk, with high-profile advertisers pulling back from the platform and revenue down by as much as 40%, according to Platformer. The report also notes several instances when ads from prominent advertisers appeared next to offensive and inflammatory posts from the users and which raised questions about Twitter's commitment to responsible advertising. So the CCDH report confirms that Twitter is displaying ads next to toxic accounts that promote hateful views and falsehoods, despite the fact that these individuals are well known for their harmful content. And the findings highlight the need for social media companies to be more accountable and responsible when it comes to the content they promote and the ads that they display. Thank you so much for listening to the Elon Musk podcast brought to you by Stage Zero Productions. My name is Will Walden. I'm the host of the show. And if you want to help support the show, please take a second and subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on right now. And also, if you want to help us even further, we have a Patreon. So you can check out the link down below and help us out in a more significant sense. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next one. 